0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things
1: geek.
2: Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are back with the ESO Network Book Club. That's right. We are here. And it's Kirby's pick this time. Kirby actually picked a really fascinating book this time. It's called Mission of Gravity. And it was really interesting to find that one and read it. It wasn't really like any kind of book I've read before, but it had a lot of familiar tones to it. So I think you guys will enjoy this one. It's It was different for us, so... We will see and speaking about different and different tones let me introduce my co-host for this week mr mike gordon is here
1: howdy how are you my friend i am peachy and uh yeah like you i am not uh uh very familiar with uh hard science fiction so this is going to be interesting for us and and i know that this is a book <laughs> believe me is trying to get some people to, to guest and, and, and be on the show with us to review this. So I know it's not a book that a lot of uh people are familiar with. So I just want to say up front that uh tune in, listen to the Geek Seat, and then listen to a little bit of the book review because we're gonna do a non-spoiler uh review and thoughts before we go heavy into it. So if you're interested in what this book is and what it's about and you know why you should pay attention to it and why we picked it to to review on this show, uh, listen to the first few minutes of our, our review, and then we'll tell you when we're going to get into spoilers so you can then fast forward to the rest to hear the mm-hmm. tail end of the show.
2: Exactly. And We don't even need to have River Song to do it because we have Mike Gordon to tell us about spoilers.
1: Yeah, we do.
2: Exactly. Who knew you'd be replacing Alex Kingston? You know that?
1: <laughs> well...
2: Okay, but we definitely want to hear you guys at home. So please join us and give us a write. You know, please write us at Earth Station One at ESO Network.com. We would really appreciate it, as always. Or you could always still call us at 404 963 9057. You know, doesn't cost much to do that. You know, just leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you think of this. At book or if you have other thoughts of what's going on in the geeky world or what we're going to be talking about for our rants and raves this week so it should be a lot of interesting stuff so we got a lot to talk about before we go any further though i do want to thank our patrons for being out there and helping support the station and we have a new show coming to us only for patrons and it's going to be called the eso network riffs that's right we are talking all about it And, you know, we talked about it last week at the end of the show, but now we are officially saying it's a go and that'll be coming to you probably the second week of each month. We're going to try to get everybody together and might even have some of our listeners or our patrons who subscribe to the show join us so they can be part of it also. And you could help, you know, become a patron, too, for as little as 25 cents a week. You could, you know, help support the ESO network. don't think that's all that bad so with that being said how do i you're saying hey mike how do i get to do this all you have to do is go to patreon.com and go patreon.com slash eso network not that hard so definitely help support us and we are probably this week going to have a new dragon con episode available to help celebrate the release of the dragon con report so We are having the first episode of that is now available to everybody and it should be on your feed for those who subscribe. If not, why aren't you subscribing to us? Come on folks. Pretty darn awesome that, you know, Mike has, you know, taken the time and gathered a lot of people including myself, Darren, and Michael Bailey actually joined us for his first time doing some work on the ESO network,
1: but it won't be the last.
2: Oh, most definitely not. And we got some great guests and we're talking what to do preparing for dragon con at this early stage i think it was a great show and definitely worth a listen the dragon con report so i think it's pretty awesome so you know the con is only what 200 and some odd days left so before we have to go to nirvana or as we like to call it nerdvana pretty cool so definitely worth hearing and so There's a lot of good things going on with the ESO network, but I'm rambling now. So let's get moving with the show. We got some rants and raves and Mike, we had some wrestling last night.
1: We have the, like, it's the road. It's the beginning of the road to WrestleMania. So uh, yes, for those people who are interested in listening to us talk about hard science, you're just going to have to put up with a little nonsense for a few minutes because uh, look, Mike and I are wrestling fans. I know. On the ESO Network, we do have a great show, uh, the PWR Spot Show, where they talk all about wrestling. But uh, And Mike and I appear on there occasionally. Uh, but this is our show. So we get to talk a little bit about wrestling on our show. So, um, And this is my favorite time of year. The Royal Rumble is my favorite event of the of the year. I love the energy of it. I love the potential of it. The idea that this is where... Uh, this is where you can see how really the, the certainly the first half of the year, if not the whole year, the company is going to decide um, which characters are going to be spotlighted in the, in the, in the coming months, especially when it comes to WrestleMania, which is the is still the biggest wrestling event anywhere um, of the year. So, uh, but a lot
2: of times when you have the Royal rumble, and you know the survivor series and all these different ones certain ones stand out and the royal rumble for me has always been almost like a showcase of who's going to be coming like you had said you know storylines for the next couple months but even for me it's more of seeing the future of wrestling who's going to be you know these are going to be some of your bigger wrestlers over the next few years
1: well, what I loved about this particular Royal Rumble that, that we experienced this past weekend was the fact that instead of like a lot of times, WWE will bring out two, three, four or five of the old timers, the, the the legends, the alumni, if you will, uh, to for a quick pop. You know, certainly they can't really go anymore. Nobody ever expects them to win but they come in just to you know remind everybody and you've got that good nostalgia feel. Well, this year there was very little of that. Instead, they spent a lot of time uh bringing like talk, bringing people in from the young talent that's in NXT that's in NXT UK that's in 205 like a lot of their other brands they brought in just to spotlight them and and have them interact with the current roster and to me especially as an NXT fan that was really exciting like that was that was a, the highlight for me of watching the rumble this year
2: mm-hmm. exactly and it was just like we were like, okay, who's next and who's next? And it was great to see how much NXT talent they were bringing up. And I'm not just talking about the men's. I'm also talking about the women's.
1: Yeah, the uh, the women, uh, and that's an amazing thing too, because five years ago, if you had told us that women's wrestling in WWE would be as as amazing as it is, I don't think any of us would have believed you because – even 5 years ago it was oh the women are on time to take a a bath and break um it was uh n- i mean it was right right that was right at the beginning though like it was about things were about to change certainly 10 years ago things were really bad but now i'll tell i'll be honest with you mike i think the women are outperforming the men uh oh, i every, th- i feel you know. that
2: also some of the best matches last night were the women wrestlers not just the Royal Rumble? But I thought the Becky Asuka match was just phenomenal.
1: I agree. It, uh, like the women put on a hell of uh, two championship matches as well as a Royal Rumble match. And I think, you know, the men did a pretty good job as well last night. Um, and we were very fortunate because in this Royal Rumble, there wasn't really, uh, <laughs> A stinker of a match, and that's saying something because it started at seven o'clock in the evening, and it went till midnight. That's a long time to watch wrestling, and that's a long time for them to hold my interest. As far as you know, that's a long time for them to have no matches that suck, um even the ones that I weren't that wasn't that excited about, like the SmackDown Tag Team Champion which I had no business being on that show, but um, uh, I know why it was, (laughs) but um, uh, when your last name is McMahon, you have some pull. Um, So, uh, but I, I, you know, that, that match didn't suck. Like none of nothing sucked as, and, and like I said, the women were, oh, they're, they're the reason I watch wrestling. Uh, I I mean, probably people who know me are not going to be surprised, but, uh Becky Lynch is uh, probably my favorite wrestler right now. She's uber hot as far as the buzz going for her. So I know a lot of people are are discovering her and falling in love with her as well and uh she is just amazing. She's been re- she's been in the business. You know, people think that she's like, "Oh, the new hot thing." This woman has been working in the business uh for a long time and it's good to see that finally pay off for her. Um And, uh, you know, Ronda Rousey, who comes from outside of wrestling, who's only recently joined. Heck, it's hard to believe that it was just a year ago that she made her debut uh, uh, as far as wrestling goes. And she joined the roster. Mm -hmm. Um, She's come a long way and she's really embraced it. And she's actually innovated a lot of, uh, a lot of things about wrestling with her style that has been very exciting and, uh, and very good to watch. So um,
2: Agreed completely. I think with Ronda, you know, she has so vastly improved, you know, she, yeah, she had the, you know, MMA stuff, but to come in and with not even having all that much time to train and, you know, she made her first appearance technically by signing with WWE right at Royal Rumble last year. And then, you know, going in and having her first match at WrestleMania and to see the continued growth and to be blown away by her match last night was just was awesome. Yeah. I was so impressed. It was just it was amazing to see. And I think the women completely outshine the men in everything last night. And yeah, I I, I didn't ever think I'd say that.
1: I know, right? It's it's amazing. So Um, The Rumble matches themselves were solid. Let me ask you this, Mike. uh, What what do you look for? What makes a good Rumble for you?
2: Is entertainment. I want to be, you know, I want to see great matches because you get feuds that start from, you know, somebody threw somebody out or, you know, bumped into somebody. Or you have tag teams or partners and such split because of things that happen in the Rumble. And that's just some of the amazing stuff. And now to see you have two 30 person matches, which is awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I like being surprised by who they bring in and, you know, it is neat to see, you know, when somebody you don't expect to shows up, you know, what was it? Two, three years ago when AJ Styles showed up for the first time in the WWE.
1: Ooh, I think that's gotta be, at least for me, that's probably the biggest moment that's ever happened in a rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an old school guy. So there's probably like a ton of ones that I haven't seen that I'm sure amazing stuff happened in, but for me, who's only been really watching wrestling for 20 years, it seems like a long time, but um, uh, not even half my life um, for me. And I've watched a lot of rumbles in that time. uh the, the the biggest moment was a couple of years ago when, when aj made his debut and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah it's a, it was a thing of beauty
2: exactly know? and you know sometimes i agree i don't like it when they bring out the old fogies or you know people yeah it was fun to see when they brought out the dudley boys or sure. you know stuff like that you know people who you don't think are you know wrestling with wwe and they all of a sudden they pop up or you or it's also great when somebody who's out injured shows up for the first time in a while
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know there was a couple god this is going back probably like 12 years john cena was out with a uh, torn bicep and you know they were, weren't expecting him back until summertime and all of a sudden he showed up as number 30 for the royal rumble out of nowhere, and it was just and the look on triple h 's face was just awesome, and he won yep, and it was it was just great, and you know you have things like that, and I was expecting a few different people to show up, but you know what was interesting with the men's last night, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, this is like the first time in a long, long time you didn't have an undertaker, you didn't have a cane, or you did not have a big show
1: that's true. You know, and they're all still technically on the roster.
2: Yep. But you didn't need it. They have that much power. The only oldie that they even brought out was Jeff Jarrett. And, you know, it was okay. It was just like, and I'm glad they got rid of him real quick. And, you know, I thought it was a, a perfect foil for Elias. And I just thought it was a ton of fun. And it was great to see, you know, the men wrestle ended very predictably and you know i would have liked to see you know i like braun but i don't there's something up with braun i don't know what i think he's still injured i don't think he's quite you know up to 100 percent
1: and i don't think look i mean i love braun Strowman, but i don't think that uh that he's uh i just don't think he's ready to, to be the the man on 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 the show
2: of course not Becky Lynch is the man
1: exactly exactly and uh and i i i i'm a I'm a big uh Seth Rollins fan, I think he he is more than capable of uh of of taking the 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 load on his shoulder um but I think braun's still you know they're still trying to tweak his character a little bit and uh I think uh he's he like he's great um and I think he'll get there eventually uh but not right now
2: mm-hmm. exactly we'll see
1: but and I, I don't see him headlining like he's not a headline wrestlemania guy yet
2: no i don't think so yet probably in a year or two
1: probably by next year sure yeah i definitely think
2: i definitely think oh braun has come so far since he came out the first time in the black mask uh <laughs> as one of the as the black sheep of the uh you know I don't, of the family, I just don't think, you know, I was like, oh, who is this guy? He he was awful. But I think he's grown tremendously. And Braun is just awesome. And, you know, I know they think they need someone big and bulky like that to beat someone, you know, like the champion, but I don't know. I'm not totally thrilled with that. Um, none of the singles matches really... Did much for me on the men's side and i thought you know like i said earlier i thought this was the night of the women i thought you know it was great seeing you know all the different you know women in the royal rumble i thought you know the two women's champion matches were great so you know i thought we had some good stuff going i thought the, the tag team title thing on for smackdown was a joke
1: yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, yeah. I still thought there was a good match, though. I mean, I think that three of the competitors were are really good, so. Um, look, the bottom line, though, is, like I said, this is this is the time of year where I get pumped. I love the Royal Rumble. It gets me excited, and then it sets the tone for at least the first, you know, few months leading into WrestleMania. I, I do admit that at post-WrestleMania, I do kind of, Die down a little bit as far as my interest in wrestling. Uh, I mean, it still continues, but um, so uh, bottom line is: did did last night did did the Royal Rumble like excite you? Are you excited for the next few months? Are you are you game or are you kind of like eh? We'll see.
2: I'm more like eh. We'll see.
1: <laughs> Truthfully,
2: because um, it was already almost a given, it was going to be Seth winning the Rumble. And, you know, it was almost predictable that Becky was going to win the female side. And you already know Becky's going to go up against, most likely against Ronda Rousey, because they've been predicting that for a while. And, you know, I don't see, you know, do you see Seth winning at WrestleMania?
1: I, if Seth meets Brock Lesnar... At WrestleMania, I do see him winning. Okay, because
2: I've never seen you know Brock hurt like we did last night. Mm. That was the one plus about that match. The rest of it was like, eh, you know, but it was just like every match that they had was just like, okay, they're going by the numbers. This is this. This is this you know even when they had eric Rowan come out for to help daniel bryant during the aj
1: match that was the biggest surprise of the night for me because yeah what is he doing like i just did not expect that at all Mm -hmm. like what like are they uh, trying
2: to create a new wyatt family or something like that or
1: i i have no idea what they're doing it just seems weird uh so i I guess we'll find out you know tuesday with smackdown so Mm -hmm. um you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't even want to presume. So, uh, but I, I'm excited. I did think, um, I thought, you know, both Ronda and Becky's match was in, were incredible last night. So I'm super pumped to see the two of them go at it at WrestleMania. Uh, as far as the other women goes, Asuka still got the belt and she won in commanding fashion last night. So she's strong going into WrestleMania. Now I'm guessing that she's going to face Charlotte. I don't know about that, but if if that's a rematch of what we had last year, uh, that could be pretty solid. I thought that Sasha Banks did an amazing job recupering, like she was, she's back to where she was like two years ago, being like at the top of the division. So for some reason over the past year and a half, they've kind of forgotten that. So it was good to see her back being where she belongs. I I, I imagine that she and Bailey will be a force to be reckoned when the uh, female tag team matches uh division uh, starts up next month so i think that's going to be good so i do think there's a lot of exciting things happening with the women uh and uh the, there's a lot like th- that that division is so strong uh those 30 uh women that came out for the for, for the rumble uh last night were just all of them were incredible so um uh as far as the men goes I think there's some some exciting things. I am a big Seth Rollins fan, so I am just as happy for Seth. I think uh, Seth and Brock at as a as a main event is awesome. Uh, I thought that uh, uh, 29 of the men were amazing <laughs> in the, in their match. Um, it's I think because it was so late, that match seemed that that Royal Rumble seemed kind of like like oh we got to get this over with because it seemed kind of rushed because it was it was running late um i mean we were oh, it was a
2: long pay-per-view
1: yeah very I mean, long yeah when you start the men's royal rumble at 11 p.m eastern that's like that's late um i know they were in arizona so they're like oh we can go all night but for us on the east coast that was tough uh even though it was entertaining uh it still was tough
2: no, what was so, tough was getting up for work this
1: morning. <laughs> yes, yes. But I, I think they did a good job. I, I You know, I it wasn't the best rumble ever. Eh, I think it's up there, though. I do think it's up there. I did like a lot of stuff that happened. It was very entertaining, and uh, I'm excited. So, um, I, yeah, I don't expect that we'll spend, as excited as I am, I don't expect that we'll spend a lot more time. On, on this show talking about wrestling, but certainly as things continue, uh do not be surprised, listeners, if uh, you know, occasionally um I I have to rave about something that's going on because this like I said, the next few months for me uh I am totally invested.
2: of course. And I'll watch WrestleMania and the some of the I'll glance in to see what's going on and as the matches come together. So it should be really neat to see. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this second. So what did you guys think of the Royal Rumble? Did you enjoy it? Did you, was there any disappointment? Was there some excitements that really, you know, floated your boat? Please write us at EarthStation1 at ESOnetwork.com. All right, let's take a quick break. We will be back in a moment with The Geek Seat. Well,
0: my heart knows it better than I know myself, so I'm going to let it do all the talking. Ooh-hoo.
3: Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. The first movie we're going to chat about is called Miss Bala, and it's a thriller starring Gina Rodriguez about a woman who finds herself caught in the middle of the criminal underworld. This one also stars Anthony Mackie, who you probably recognize as Falcon from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And another movie that I want to draw special attention to this week is called They Shall Not Grow Old. It's already been released in some theaters, but it's being expanded. It's a documentary that was directed by Peter Jackson and features new footage from World War I that has been remastered and colorized and features interviews from the veterans who served in that war. The interesting thing about World War I is that here in the United States, you don't hear it talked about quite as much, we're not as familiar with that period of history, and yet this was just such a tragic and hugely devastating conflict, and I think it's very important that we do not lose track of important history like this, and it's important to tell these stories so that we can learn from history and hopefully as humanity never get to a place like that again. And so kudos to Peter Jackson for bringing awareness and telling this story and particularly letting these soldiers tell their own stories and making sure that these narratives are not lost in time. Now, I did not get a chance to see it when it made its first round in theaters, but my husband did and he said it was excellent. Highly recommends it. So I'm really hoping to get a chance to see it and I would encourage you to do so as well. On DVD this week, we have the movie Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which was, of course, Disney's retelling of the Nutcracker story. I didn't see this when it was originally in theaters, even though I was kind of intrigued by the trailers, just based on the fact it didn't get a lot of buzz and didn't get super great reviews. But it's coming out on DVD now, so it might be worth a couple bucks rental. And that's it for this week. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog, boxofficebuzzab.wordpress.com.
2: Do you enjoy TV shows, movies, video games, comics, or novels? Do you enjoy listening to people discuss geeky topics without getting bent out of shape when they disagree? If you do, then the 42Cast is right for you. We're a podcast with a rotating cast of guests that discusses a new topic every week. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play, or 42Cast.com. You can also support us and the entire ESO Network by going to patreon.com slash Network. That's the 42Cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything.
0: No, 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 you're not the one for me. Big black holes and a cherry tree.
4: I can't quite get that cause my heart forsaken me.
5: Big black holes and a cherry tree.
1: My forsaken me.
2: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Earth Station One podcast. We are now here with new friends of the show, Jackie and Brian. Welcome to Earth Station One. Hey, thank you for, thank having, you us. for having us. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you for joining us. I'm very excited to have you guys here because you guys are both part of... trying to. I'm trying to make sure I pronounce this right. Is it Matrotham? Matrotham, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Matrotham, a new convention happening in March. And this is exciting. Now... Now, the first question I have is: Is it? It is a combination between Metropolis and Gotham. I take it.
4: That's yes. right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I that is that. correct. Yeah, I got that. So, um, so tell us of how the convention came out. I mean, this is the first time. So, what made you guys decide? Let's put on a convention.
5: So um, it kind of all started with uh, with our head guy, Mark. Um, this has actually been his vision for a while. Um, he's been wanting to kind of get a new con going here in Chattanooga, one of his own creation. And um, I kind of just hopped on with a with a buddy of mine. We were kind of one of the first um, volunteers to hop on. And it's really just snowballed into what we have now. And it's it, it's so,
1: it's, it's great. It's great. Jackie, what about you?
4: I joined a little later in. I was um, invited to a meeting and a friend of mine had actually told me I'd worked on another con with her. And she suggested that I try this one out. And when I went to the first meeting, I was hooked. I mean, they have got everything together. And this is going to be an amazing con.
1: So uh, when you say that, has this been in the planning for a year, more than that? Or how long has this been sort of in the works? Um,
5: we've been getting together and promoting at other cons for well more than a year now. Um, so this has been in the works for a while. Um, I think Mark probably started, I, I would say, about a year and a half ago. Um, but I just don't think he had the manpower to, to go out and promote like we have been doing. But I mean, we've been at every con in the tri state area and really just getting our name out there for it. So we're really, really excited about it.
1: So, so tell us what the, the focus is. Tell us, what, tell us about why, you know, why should people come to uh, Metrotham?
4: Well, we have something for absolutely everybody. I mean, it wouldn't be, we have something for the adults, something for the children. Um, Outside, we're going to have a big craft section and also a lot of fun things for the kids to do. And when you come inside, we have um, Jason Douglas from The Walking Dead.
5: Yeah, Um, he was also Beerus on uh, Dragon Ball Super. He was King Cole in the original DBZ. Um, like we're, we're really excited to have him. We've also got Eric Stewart, who was the, uh, the original Brock in Pokemon. And then we've also got Rachel Lillis, the original Misty.
2: That's right. Um,
5: so we're really, really excited for them. Um, one of the, one of the biggest things that I'm really excited for, uh, is probably the, uh, the X-Men that we have coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a bunch of the creative staff from the original 1990s X-Men animated series coming. Um, Cal Dodd, the voice of Wolverine, he's going to be there. Um, we got the voice of Beast. We're, we're, I mean, we're we're really excited to be getting all the names that we have gotten. Um, Eric
4: Stewart, and he will also be performing on the stage. Um, that is correct,
5: yeah. His band will be playing with us.
1: Yes, yeah. That um, is very impressive. Uh, looking at the guest list, um, and, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on it, um, but... Uh, <laughs> no no it is really impressive and uh, we're
5: happy to have you and we're so happy to have you here
1: I uh I appreciate it it's uh it's always nice to be asked and and this is cool and I should also point out that uh our good friends at the station that uh appear and help us with our music episodes Ricky and Bambi from Radio Cult they're going to be performing as well so yes,
4: they are yeah yes. they
1: are they are and anybody who knows them, usually, uh, I know that they uh, perform at Kanuga every year. So they're, I, I know that they're welcome, welcome uh, additions to any convention that's happening in in or any event that's happening in the Chattanooga area. So, um, but very cool. So, in addition to the guests, you've got. Uh, do you? I imagine you have panels, or do you have panels? Do you have uh, contests, or what else is going on?
5: We do have panels. Um, we're going to have panels ranging from a lot of different things. Uh, in fact, I've actually got the panelist right here. Glad I held on to it. Um, the uh, <laughs> Sorry, but, yeah, we will be having panels. Um, the biggest uh, contest we'll be having is probably our um, cosplay, cosplay contest.
4: Cosplay, absolutely. Our,
5: our cosplay contest is going to be huge. Um, first place winner gets $500 cash. Um second place winner gets 250, uh, two hundred and fifty dollars cash. And then um fan favorite wins a um a personal photo shoot with our photographer that we have coming to the con. Um cubester photography, definitely check him out. He's really great, one of the good buddy of ours. Um and then just by entering, um you're actually get you get put in a drawing to win a life-size Jinx fishbone from League of Legends that we actually are getting uh, commissioned by Go Bigger, Go Home Cosplay, and that's just by entering the contest. Wow. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> went all out with our prizes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no that's
5: cool.
4: are, They definitely did. Um, we're really excited about all the prizes that are going to be given away. There's also some cosplay camp panels for the people who are just now starting cosplaying and cosplay 101 and um it's really exciting
1: yeah this is and i looked at the the guests that you have the special guests that you have for uh cosplay as well and that's pretty impressive too so yep so you've got the so you've got the cosplay down you've got the guests you've got artists you've got music uh gaming of course right oh yes we will be having we got tabletop and console gaming there
5: um, we also have a few tournaments lined up for uh, Smash Brothers and uh, other things like that. So uh, we're super
1: excited to be having those going on as well. So it sounds like you've got all everything like the basics uh, covered. That's awesome, and it is a is a two day show. No, three days. Right, March twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth. Right. That that's correct. Yeah, it's a full three day show. So. So, yeah, that's cool. It's in, uh, now it's actually in, is it, uh, it's not in Chattanooga itself, right? Or it's just outside of it?
4: No, it's in East Ridge, Tennessee.
1: Okay, East Ridge. But
4: it's right, right outside of Chattanooga.
1: Right, right. So it should be, that's a, that's a good point for a lot of people to come from, you know, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, of course. Other, you know, other states can get in on that too. It's a nice location, I think.
5: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Camp Jordan Arena. Um, great place. Played a lot of soccer there growing up. Really big area and we're not only gonna have the indoors of it, but we will have a big section outdoors for a lot of other stuff for the kids. We'll have Meet Your Own Pokemon or make Your Meet Your Favorite Pokemon. We'll have Meet Your Favorite Disney Princess. We you know we're really excited to have a lot of this different stuff going on. So we it is really have- friendly. friendly.
4: We also have LARPing going on outside, so that's gonna be really exciting to see.
1: So do you have now, um, uh, I said tickets are available online, hotel information, that kind of thing?
5: Yes, that is correct. Uh, Tickets are available. Pre-registration right now is just $40. Um, And then VIP pre-registration is only $60. So, I mean, it's really not too bad to go with the VIP, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you can find all about that at the website, too. So I know you've got the website, which is matrothamcon.com. We're going to have a link to that in our show notes. You guys are all over social media as well. You guys are really on it on social media. I keep seeing you guys posting stuff on Instagram as well as Facebook. So good for you on that.
5: Oh, yeah, it's nonstop. We got to make sure that we're constantly telling people all over that. We got this thing going on.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, well, before we, we strap you down in the geek seat, is there anything else left to tell about the convention?
5: Um, not, not too much, really. No, not much. We do have some big announcements coming, so definitely stay tuned. Um, but, but yeah, March 22nd through the 24th gear up. It's, It's going.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Well, Mike, they are all yours. They are in the seat together It's you know, luckily it's a, it's a large chair. So, uh, it's so a comfy
2: chair. You might
1: say <laughs> it's a comfy chair. Yes. Yes, so, exactly. So they're all strapped down and ready to go.
2: All right, Jackie, Brian, are you ready for your first question in the geek seat?
1: Absolutely. Yes, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Oh, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Mike, they seem too happy and cheerful. <laughs> um, are you sure you strapped them into the comfy chair? I think
1: I think that's that. What you're feeling is that they're just like what you're hearing from them is is actually like kind of that 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 fear laugh. You know, you're you're, sort of scared. you're not really comfortable. You're not really know what's coming next, but you sort of laugh just because that's the only thing you can do other than scream.
2: Scream in horror. Yes, yeah, so that's yeah, it.
1: You're used to that by now.
2: Oh, I know. I do a podcast with you, so I of course I scream in horror. <laughs>
1: Of
4: course. Okay, wait a minute. Now I'm a little scared. What are you going to ask?
1: There we go. That's, what, we're that's
2: what we wanted to hear. All right. Brian and Jackie, what was your favorite geek out moment? Jackie, right. you want to go first?
4: <laughs> I was going to say that. you want to go first? <laughs> Actually. Um, Ladies
2: first. Come on. Okay, we got to be okay, somewhat first. gentlemanly here. That's right. That's right.
4: <laughs> I think in, um, my favorite geek out moment would have to be, well, here recently, I am so excited about Animal Crossing coming to Switch. I mean, I am uber excited about that. And I really freaked out when I was watching the trailer. I really turned into a 15-year-old little girl, and that's like my kids were just laughing at me because I was freaking out.
2: Okay, understandable. Brian? Uh, my
5: my personal favorite geek out moment um, has always been and probably will always be the first fight between Spike and vicious on cowboy bebop that's um, just a beautiful beautiful scene um the fact that greenbirds playing in the background it's just it's 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 just an all-time favorite of mine
2: nope totally understand that very cool what was your most disappointing geek out moment
4: Okay, it's your turn to go first Brian. All
2: right. Um well, I know who wears the pants in this relationship.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um so with uh my my most disappointing is a hard one to peg, but um I I really just didn't like how in Force Awakens there was just like the 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 plot was basically he had a new Death Star. Like The Empire has a new Death Star. Like, could you not go a little bit? I don't know. More plot would have been better.
2: (laughs) Cool. Ma'am?
4: My most disappointing would be have to saying goodbye to David Tennant on Doctor Who. When he looked at the camera and he said, I don't want to go, I squalled my eyes out. In fact, it's hard for me to watch (laughs) Doctor Who now, and I'm such a huge fan of Doctor Who. <laughs> I miss David. It's sad.
2: What geeks you guys out the most? Uh, ca- Cowboy Bebop. Uh,
4: I'll,
5: <laughs> I'll say that again. Yeah, it's it's my all time favorite anime, and it just it hits me
3: at home.
4: You know, but- I'm really not sure about that question. <laughs> I'm. Um. Yeah, really. As far as I'm geeking out the most, I am super excited for the Troth and Con. At the same time, I'm, I'm really, I really don't know. <laughs> that's one question <laughs> that I was like, i I really just not sure what geeks me out the most. Okay. Because I like so many different things.
2: No, that's totally fair. What turns your geek off, though? Yeah. Yeah, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, Jackie. Come on. Yeah, Jackie.
4: Okay. Um what turns my geek off? When I am watching a movie that I've read a book for, can y'all hear me?
2: You're fading a little bit.
4: Okay, can you hear me now?
2: Yes. Okay.
4: When I'm watching a movie where they don't go by what the book when I've read a book and I'm so excited for a new movie, and then the plot goes like completely in a crazy direction that has absolutely nothing with the book. That just drives me crazy.
5: (laughs) Inuyasha for me. That's it. That's all. That's all you got. You just got to say that word, that
2: name. And I'm, I'm out. I'm out on that conversation. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) What what fictional character would you like to meet the most?
5: Uncle Iroh from Avatar, Last Airbender. I just wanna sit with that old man and have tea all day and just listen to him talk.
4: Xavier from the X Men. I wanna pick his brain.
2: Gotcha. That is pretty awesome. Okay, cool. What fictional character would you not like to meet? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't I don't know. Uh
5: Snarf from the Thundercats. I'd oh, that wouldn't be pleased to be around him all day.
4: <laughs> the yellow-eyed demon from Supernatural. I would oh. not want to be in the same room with him.
2: Gotcha. No, totally understand that. Ugh. Ah. <laughs> what is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose?
4: I'll just step into this police box and arrest myself.
2: <laughs> yeah, she is a Dr. Who fan. Yep. <laughs> a
4: little bit. Just a little bit.
2: Just a little bit.
4: <laughs> Missing David.
6: Uh,
5: that's a hard one for me. And I, I've been thinking about it quite a bit. And I think the, the pose, and it would be kind of, you know, it'd be intricate to do, but reenacting the, uh, the the fabled Star Wars where he's holding the lightsaber up and everything like that. That's the yeah, that one.
4: <laughs> now you're gonna have to show me that.
5: <laughs> well, it's, it's the the poster that everybody's seen. You guys have seen. It. You know what I'm talking about,
2: right?
4: Yeah, but I want to see you do it.
2: <laughs> what is your ideal geek occupation?
5: Voice acting. I think voice acting would be a lot of fun.
4: Well, see, I um. I teach voice and so I really wouldn't change my occupation at all because I think I'm kind of geek anyways because I have a lot of students who want to get into voice acting so I get to see them develop their voice and be ready to go for those auditions and to get ready so I I mean I wouldn't change my occupation for anything I love my job
2: okay no that's awesome what geek occupation would you not like to do
4: I think Brian and I are on the grant this, so I'll yeah, let him take yeah. this one.
5: <laughs> uh we don't want to be interns. We don't want to be the I don't know if that really counts as a geek occupation, but if I was an intern at something geeky, I would still not want to be the guy that has to go get coffee all the time.
3: <laughs> okay.
2: So we're not looking for interns, so that, don't have to worry about that. So okay, sweet, awesome. At that least from you, right you right two, right. from you two, you guys got other things to do. <laughs> <laughs> but if anyone wants to become an intern for the ESO Network, we are taking applications for summer 2019. Hey, so
3: hop on that! Please hop ri- on that.
2: Please write us at that feedback so cool. at Network dot com. So you know we can give out college credit. Doesn't cost us anything. So I am. <laughs> so, so, if you're interested in learning how to do a podcast, that was a great little segue right there. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. All Glad right. To Glad to help. <laughs> All right. Now that we've buttered you guys up, are you ready for your final question?
4: Dun dun dun.
2: Oh, yeah. All right. Brian and Jackie. What is your ultimate geek fantasy?
4: Legolas. No, just. <laughs>
2: Wow, she didn't hesitate at all. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, ultimate Geek
5: Fantasy, um, a, a Damian Wayne Robin show.
4: That would be amazing. I want.
2: I want to see that one day. Oh, that is awesome. Okay, <laughs> that was pretty easy questions. Well, Brian and Jackie. <laughs> I have really good news for you. You've made it through the Geeksy. Congratulations. Hey, we're through the Geeksy. Right on. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the
1: young folks what they've won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO network, a value easily worth $18 and four cents. Woohoo! Hey, nice. Yeah. I have to put it between you. And I will, you know, I always have to point out that, you know, we were on the space station. So as you get closer to earth, it really like drops in, in value. So, um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, but anyway, no, no, we really appreciate you guys uh, coming on. Uh, I am excited to be part of this uh, inaugural uh, convention year for you guys. And I, I can't wait to, to be a part of it for those people. Like tell us a little bit uh, how we can find out about all about it and, in, in the latest news. Um,
5: anything new, matrothamcon.com. If you guys don't want to go there, go visit our Facebook page. We're always dropping new announcements, but matrothamcon.com. That's where you'll get to see a full guest list, full cosplay guests, everything you need to know. Pre registration March twenty second through the twenty fourth.
1: Metrotham con.
4: Be there, guys. Be there.
1: I will. I will be there. So come on, listeners, come join me. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, come ha- come
5: hang out with us and Mike. it be it's gonna be great.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> they want more than three people there. Come on. <laughs>
4: That's
2: right. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Very
2: cool. Well, thank you guys so much for having us. Thank you. Not a problem. Thank you guys very, very much. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment with the ESO Network Book Club. Did you know the ESO Network has a brand-new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret, all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. Everyone. Welcome back to Earth Station One. Now we are here for the ESO Network Book Club. Mikey, take it away.
1: Yes, we have an uh, a interesting choice this month or this episode for our book club. It is a uh, science fiction novel by uh, one of the pioneers of, uh, I guess it's called hard science fiction. Yes. Um, uh, so, uh, And this, of course, is, is Kirby is joining us, of course, uh, because it is his pick. Uh, um, and so this is, I'm really interested to get down to talk about it, but before we talk in real big detail, I want to do a. Uh, I I want to start off with a non-spoilery review of how we felt about it, like overall, and just some, uh, some, just some, like I said, non-spoilery comments, so that people, because... I know that when we when we threw it out there that we were doing this book, a lot of people were like, I don't know what that is. So um, I would imagine that there's a a lot of people out there that have not either read or heard of this book. So I don't uh, want to spoil it for them. I'd like us to give a a little impressions of what we thought about it uh, beforehand. And so. um, So, yeah, we'll start with uh, you, Kirby. What uh, what uh, what why did first of all, why was this a choice of yours?
6: Uh, Well, When I first started reading science fiction, probably in about uh, fifth or sixth grade, I I hadn't read this at that point, but I was drawn particularly towards hard science fiction, uh, absolute science-based fiction. And uh, it's always been one of my loves. And so I'd get in, I would... uh, seek out some of the some of the best of the hard science fiction authors. Um when I was in high school, I went through the, went into the card catalog, if you remember what those things are, <laughs> and went under science fiction and started with A, Asimov, et cetera, et cetera. Just went through every book that they had. Uh got to see, discovered Hal Clement. Um, and just fell in love with his absolute hard science fiction concepts, but, and he was, he was a high school science teacher. So um, that's what's going on here. He was, he's trying to teach people science through fiction, but some fascinating concepts. I hope you guys agree. Hope you like it.
2: That's interesting though. Cause now that you said he was a teacher, I could totally see it, <laughs> you know, throughout reading this it felt like i was being taught about weather about geography about gravity it was just really
6: fun yeah i hope you enjoyed your science lesson <laughs>
1: yeah, right the uh i don't think i'm trying to think if i've ever read even if i've dabbled in maybe some something that lent towards hard science fiction i've never like read anything like this that's been like really because what I, I sort of thought of this as, it's kind of like a, 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 a <laughs> it's kind of like an episode of MythBusters, really, because it's a series of challenges and yeah. and how to get out of those challenges. Um, not not like so like, like some some of the MythBusters episodes would do that, where they would have a, an, a like they would just throw themselves out some challenges and not like they weren't busting like known myths or TV myths or movie myths or anything like that. They were, they were actually just saying like, Hey, Jamie and Adam and Jamie are smart guys. Give us a challenge and we will try to get out of it. Um, And they would have episodes like that. And that's kind of what this felt like. It's like, let's say you're on a planet that, (laughs) that is like, like has a weird sort of gravity and you, you know, you can do this. You can't do that. How do you move on? And so, that's what it seemed like each chapter was a different challenge like how do you get out of this yes and uh so that was really interesting um i was i must admit some of it was uh a little dry and cuz you know they go into some pretty uh in-depth detail on on the solutions and the problems um and i'm i'm much more character driven with a lot of my fiction that i enjoy so uh so there were times when i was like But the characters were still interesting in this and interesting enough, especially the alien race and the the relationship that the aliens had with the humans, I thought was was pretty interesting. So for those people, like I said, not a huge amount of spoilers here, but it does involve, uh, I guess it takes place, I'm not sure when, but it takes place in the future, uh, sometime in the future. Although when this was written, it could have taken place like to our past, Um, but...
6: Yeah so so the technology seems a little dated.
1: Exactly. I'm like you know if they just had like a cell phone they could really take care. Of it. No, um but although um but um no so it takes place in in like a future and where there's men has uh, space travel uh they are exploring they run across a planet that just has some interesting uh things going on including uh, the the shape of the planet, the way that the gravity works, the way that the orbit works, and the, what the makeup of the planet is and the alien life forms on the planet are just completely different than than what we're accustomed to on earth. So it's about them having a relationship with the aliens and trying to, they've, they've lost uh, a satellite. They've lost a probe. They've lost a, some important information. So they need assistance. They can't get it to themselves. They need assistance from the alien race to get this, to acquire this back. And it's about the, how that happens and the challenges that, uh, that, that they, they face trying to get this stuff. So um, and so, and it's just really that simple. I mean, <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. the, that's the plot, but yet what's not simple is the challenges that they face are, are ones that, like I said, were like, a lot of times they were over my head because I, I, I don't, uh, I don't think, I don't, I don't think critically and, and scientifically I guess like that. So.
2: No, that's definitely a good way to put it. Cause it was, you know, nothing like, you're we're used to reading because like you said, it's mostly character based and this was more planet based in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, so um so i mean, unless anybody wants to add anything else for the like recommendations for people who haven't uh who haven't read this. I mean, I think it's an interesting read. I really do. Especially uh I mean, sir as Kirby you pointed out, some of it because it was written in nineteen fifty four, it uh a lot of it's like maybe a little dated, but it doesn't feel extremely dated. It still feels like some of the—I don't know—if some of the science, uh, it still adds up. But oh, the science
6: adds up really, really well as as far as the the characteristics of uh, masculine, and some people have apparently Hal Clement went back and uh, redid some of the calculations later, and he did. Mess up some of the gravity at the poles, but it, it might have been like 700 Gs instead of 500 Gs. Uh, still impossible to
1: for humans <laughs> still, to work. I there. was going to say, still <laughs> a lot of Gs.
6: <laughs> but, but yeah, the, the biggest the biggest issues are with the scientific team. The humans are using; uh, they're taking, I think, film camera stuff and doing mapping by taking, printing out pictures and doing mosaics over the floor and stuff like that.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. So there, yeah, absolutely. So there is some, some datedness to some of the stuff. I mean, they don't have a dot matrix printer, but they have like, it seems like some of the stuff is just like, yeah. I mean, it probably was like really, I know for the fifties, I'm like, this was high tech stuff. So I get that. But so But I mean, if you're, I would say if you're interested in dipping your toe into hard science fiction, this is a pretty, it's an easy read. I mean, it goes by, I thought, pretty fast. It's short. It's like about 200, just a little over 200 pages. So it's not like it's going to be something that's extremely taxing for you. And it doesn't have like this huge, uh, you know, um, sort of like, it's not a huge investment on your time let's put it that way it actually is just pretty simple. it kind of lays it out and then and then goes from there so that that I would recommend uh it's a it's an interesting kind of way if you're looking for something different uh like i said i uh, if you're not used to you know hard science books i mean this is kind of a an interesting one to try out i think
6: yeah I did discover by the way that apparently if you buy it electronically, the ebook has extra chapters
1: whoa okay. And
6: I've been, I am reading a, looks like a 1970s um, paperback here. Yeah. Third printing, October 74, which just ends way before the ebook. I didn't look at the ebook until last night and discovered, oh, there's more. So I haven't, even (laughs) though I've, I've read this maybe 10
1: times. Wow. Now I'm going to have to go and. Was was this, was this the first Hal Clement book you read?
6: Uh, no, I think I read needle
1: first. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've heard thing good things about that too. So I, I almost recommended needle. Interesting. So, um, so yeah, I would definitely suggest, uh, like that's, that's my recommendation. Um, so I don't know, Mike or Kirby, do you have anything else before we go into spoilers?
2: No. No, it's a fun book and, you know, I'm glad Kirby recommended it and looking forward to, you know, talking further about it because there is some questions and thoughts i have
1: on this all right so if you haven't read mission of gravity or you don't care that it's spoiled uh feel free to continue (laughs) on otherwise you might want to skip to the uh eso network con report section because that'll uh that'll be uh marked uh in the timestamp uh on the uh, show notes so you can uh, fast forward to that and uh then continue on with the toward the tail end of the show uh, but for those of us who are interested or have read mission of Gravity, we want to get really deep into it uh we will go deep into it and starting with um i guess with kirby like so reading this um i i like i said i was um i'm used to like characters and 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 characters and and, and like following characters and i I did feel like it was like the the relationship between uh the human and the is it mesklin? Is that am I pronouncing that right? Uh the, the, the race
6: are called yeah. mesclinites.
1: Mesclinites, right.
6: Because the planet is mesklin.
1: And and I and is it Barlenin? Barlenin. Okay. Barlenin is the captain. He's the the the, the, the captain of the Brie, which is their ship. Um I I like the fact that it was uh that he was so unique. I mean he was really unlike anything that I had read before as far as a major character of a book. Uh, so I liked the fact that he was so different. Although sometimes he came across as a little too human, but, yeah. um, but otherwise I, 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 I appreciated uh, the, the difference. I mean, the fact that, you know, you've got this human and then you've got this, like, what is he? 15 inches long. Approximately. Yes. Yeah. This little 15 inch dude um with that looks kind of like a cross between a lobster and a and a and a caterpillar that is is able to like just chat and talk and, and and you know do a bunch of stuff i thought that was uh pretty interesting
6: yeah the the novel conveniently overlooks the months that they that charles lackland and uh Berlin and obviously spent learning with Lackland teaching Barl English.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that, that I'm kind of glad that we didn't have to suffer through like those chapters. Uh, Because we like when we when it starts, they already can talk, which I think was a smart move. Because obviously going through, you know, teaching, uh, teaching them how to exchange language like that would have been uh, well, I mean, in some ways, it might have been interesting, but that's a whole different set of skills, you know. So, um, and as far as for for a story like this, it's not really necessary. Although,
2: see, I had assumed that you know it was something like how we're used to, like with Star Trek, they have the translators and no, stuff.
1: No, they they yeah, nope, they learned but, each yeah. other's language. Oh,
3: the,
6: um, Well, Lackland knew a little bit. Oh, right, uh,
1: right, of the masculine
6: language but yeah. which, which uh, kind of says human, humans can't really reproduce
1: it which, which kind of says it's one of those things where it kind of speaks more of of aliens than it does of humans like the aliens are willing to learn our language but we can't <laughs> learn theirs <Yeah. laughs> it's like wow that's uh that's kind of uh, one-sided but um the the concepts of the gravity and the, the planet I'm going to tell you, I had such a hard time getting my head around it, even after reading, because my book included um, an essay uh, by Clement at the end, which talked about creating the planet and talking about a little bit about the, the research that went into it. Um, mm-hmm. So I read that afterwards and there were diagrams of the planet. And I thought that, okay, I could have used this like before, before I read the book, but, or during some of the chapters maybe. but. I, is it really possible to have a planet that's not round? I mean, that's not like a, like a, like, I don't know. Like that, that's that like sort of squished.
6: I don't know. I would assume so.
2: Yeah. Well, they just, if you think about it, they just found one of the outer, you know, planets past pluto but they're not subplanets, whatever you want to call them it almost looks like almost like a fi- uh, infinity symbol put together because it's like almost two globes with the center like caved in together mm-hmm. so yeah there's there's possibilities of things that not are being you know because we think gravity as a whole is pulling everything in together creating the globe this is where we need Dr. Scott I know I
1: was like talk. I asked Dr Scott I'm like, have you read this he's like, no i'm like, damn it like' <laughs> really?
6: I'm, be surprised. I'm surprised he hasn't read it
1: no he hasn't uh yeah he hasn't um um i so I think that so that was tough I mean I was really like and and especially in the beginning because Clement doesn't dump all this information at you at the beginning like he so you learn a little bit about what the aliens look like, how they act, like the planet and everything like that as you go on. So it's really difficult to get to picture it in your head until like maybe halfway through the book where you're like, okay, now I can get a sense of what these guys look like. And I can picture my head because before that he doesn't, he doesn't just sit down and go like in the beginning, he doesn't go, here's what uh Bar-Lenin looks like, you know, and, and does it like two or three pages on what he looks like. Nope. Instead you're like, you, you're like oh he, he has pinchers like you find that out like like in 10 pages or whatever like oh he can't smile or oh he has big eyes or you know like that kind of thing like so it's kind of hard for me to get a picture of him but what I really found like difficult was the whole like planet because in the beginning the uh, um, Charles Lackland the the earth person or the, the 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 scientist that's dealing with them he's talking about the the planet Or that uh, Barlenin in his race think that the planet is a bowl shape. Yes. And I'm like, okay, now, (laughs) I know this sounds stupid, but I'm like, okay, is he talking about the inside of a bowl, the outside of a bowl, like, the bowl, like, is it uh, bowl side, like, top, up, down? Like, I really had a hard time picturing that. Like, I was like, what? And then then I think they kind of say that it's not shaped like a bull or it's, he only can see, he only imagines half of it. Right. Is that right?
6: Right. It's it. what it is, is the way that the Mes- mesclonites perceive their own planet because of the gravity and the uh, bending of the light from the various gases, because this is a very cold planet too. Yeah. Is, the they're perceiving the horizon as being above them.
1: See that, and as they, that, as, as they that, go, that's so weird for me to try to think about and imagine. Uh,
6: because of the high gravity and the uh, the bending, the refraction of light, and as they go towards the equator, that they're going towards what they think is the rim of the bowl. So the the, on the middle. On the
1: outside or on the inside of the bowl? Inside. On the inside of the inside bowl. Inside
6: of the bowl. Think of a bowl.
1: Yeah. No, no, no I got it. Bottom, I, see, that's what I was asking bottom, myself while I was reading this. I was like, are they on the outside of the bowl or the inside of the bowl? At the at the top of the bowl. When they say top, I'm like, are they mean the top of like if the bowl is like sitting on the table or if the bowl is upside down? Like I just was I was so confused.
6: The the bowl is sitting on a table and uh the middle of the bowl at the very bottom is the, uh, the pole. And they really don't know about the other side of the planet.
1: Right. Right. That I got like, because they were trying to, because I think at one point Charles is trying to explain it to him and they just, he just has no, like, Brendan is like, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Like that just makes no sense to me um it, it does make sense <laughs> the the other thing that threw me was that uh the period that the way time passed for the uh um, is it mescalinites right yes the way time passed for them was really different than the way time passed for charles so yes. like in some cases they'd be like you know the it, you know, the captain of the Brie or the Brie set sail and, you know, it, like eight years later they got there and I'm like eight years. <laughs> and, uh and they'd be like, no, it's actually just, do we have an idea of like what, cause they, I don't think they ever really come out and say like, like a day for them is a day, like is this many, how much time for us?
6: I believe they do. Really? Uh
1: I must've missed let that. Let me find the. Cause. Because, Mike, did did these things stump you as well, Mike?
2: Of course they did. It was just like, when I saw eight years, it was like, (laughs) wait a minute. (laughs) I'm like,
1: how long is this?
2: How big is it? Exactly. How big is this planet? You know? And, you
6: know. Well, the planet is uh, 48,000 miles uh, along the equator and 19,740 miles uh, pole to pole
1: okay so for me and for some people out there like compare that to earth like how big is this planet compared to earth
6: uh (laughs) i would have to uh well the mass is 16 times that of jupiter
1: okay
2: it the it obviously is way bigger than earth
6: And I, I would have to put my phone, I, because my internet's down, I'm using my phone.
1: That's okay. So, so and, and you uh, know, th- I should point out too, now that we're talking spoiler stuff, um, uh, Lennon and his, and his crew are not the only creatures by, uh, I mean, they're, they're like, you know, 15 inches long. And they're the main creatures that we hang out with. But there's a lot of other creatures and a lot of them are much, much, much larger.
2: Oh yeah, very much so. And it's interesting to, playing with it in your mind. Only close
1: to the equator. I, oh yeah. right, because the yeah. the closer, like the further you get, then like the the gravity is stronger. So bigger creatures cannot. That's why the that's why the humans can't rescue their probe or satellite because they just it, the gravity makes it impossible.
6: Right.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. So then, to All right, it's. I- it's twenty four thousand nine hundred and one miles across the equator of Earth. How much? Twenty four thousand.
6: Okay, so that's a little bigger than Mes- Mesclin's pole to pole, which is nineteen thousand seven hundred forty.
1: Okay, so this because yeah because the because uh, Mescaline is not uh, uh, a straight like you know orb. It's it's like kind of like uh, oblong shape, yeah. It's squished, yeah. if you th- if you will. So we're looking at. I think I think that's the point that I remember them talking about how that um, density does not always mean bigger, right? So it sounds like mescaline is denser than Earth, but it's not bigger than Earth. Right. Is that fair? Yes. Okay.
6: And And Clement, for storytelling purposes, decided that he wanted the equatorial gravity to be three Gs. So he then did all the calculations from that.
1: And I I want to point out, too, while I'm reading this, or while I'm saying this, that even though these things, it might sound like, you know, like some of the questions that I have are problems with it, but really... Um, part of it is that the fact that I'm not a scientist, and and the other part of it is that I wasn't annoyed by a lot of this stuff. And In, instead, I was intrigued because I wanted to know. Okay. Because I I don't I don't understand. You know, it's kind of like I, I really appreciated. This is a, pr- a scene that I I really think was one of my favorites. It's when at the end when and I'm going to skip to the end here. But at the end when Barlenin like says. You know, right, before, right when they get to the satellite, and he just stops, and he's like, "Okay, let's renegotiate our deal now." And yeah. I was like, "Damn!" Like, okay, so. But what I really liked about that scene was not so much that he did that because we kind of knew that he was planning to do that, like because it's it's foreshadowed in in a few ch- uh, chapters before that. But what I, I, I what I really appreciated is that the humans were like, we can't educate you to the to the extent that you want us to because like because charles is like i don't know how some of this stuff works (laughs) like he's like i don't know like i can't tell you how like a rocket ship i can tell you the basics maybe but i can't tell you specifically how you can build one because we have people that do that and that's not me like 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 every human doesn't know everything about like every like everything. So it's very specialized. So it it's e- like I think that's one of the things that I got I like that scene a lot because usually in in a, a situation like this it seems like everybody knows everything. Like everybody knows like how stuff is done and I like the fact that in this one it's like no no, I don't know how to do that. So I can't I'd love to share the information with you but I can't because I don't know. Right. Um but uh, and the other stuff i I did like too I did appreciate um I think one of my other favorite scenes is when they first encounter uh the other sort of similar looking but larger uh that uh, the ones, uh, they the have ones the, with the
6: the the trap
1: yeah that the, they the, have the the, the, the they have the boulders Uh, um uh higher up on their cities and everything and they go and they trade with them and then everything seems good and then but they want the um they want the radios right they want the well i they they kept saying radios but i kept seeing them as ipads (laughs) yeah because they really seem like ipads like they were using them like ipads so that's what i saw in my head um so, so yeah, the the race wanted the, the other race wanted the iPads, and they were like, "Nope, you can't have one," and then all of a sudden the boulders started coming down, mm-hmm. like Indiana Jones and stuff, and I thought, well, that's pretty cool
6: and and the thing one thing that annoyed me is they did leave one there, and we never hear anything more about it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, with the other group, the one that with the other the, group yeah the one that kidnaps them or not kidnaps them but the one that wins, they take over the brie, like and they they actually hold our our little dudes like uh, captive for a while.
2: Mm-hmm. there were no re- repercussions from it right yeah, it seemed know.
1: like yeah like because i'm like well what are we doing are we talking and communicating with them now or um yeah i mean yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, you're right They're it, not it's, mentioned.
6: Complete, it's completely uh ignored yes. the fact that they have
1: something
2: interesting though that you guys had mentioned earlier especially mike it almost seemed to me like i was playing an early 1980s video game like one of the text video games that they used to have on the computers, like adventure or Zorg, stuff mm-hmm. like that with this going from, you know, mission to mission as they were making their way up the yeah. planet. It, and it, it felt very much like it when I was reading it, it felt very reminiscent of that to me.
1: I can see that because,
2: and the character, the, the characters right, were like one's a
1: challenge, right? It's like, you're, you're, you're exactly. captured by these people. What do you do?
2: Exactly. Or, you know, quote, you know, one of Kirby's favorite things, Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, it felt like, you know, the same thing. Uh-oh, do I step left, turn right, pick up something? You know, that's what it felt like when I was reading it.
6: Well, in, in the, some ways, I, in some ways I, this is a very influential book. Uh, this is one of the first uh, books with world-building where someone has approached the the concept where of of creating an entire world that works, that's not Earth. Uh, also this mesclin itself influenced Larry Niven's known space uh world Jinx. I don't remember exactly which which planet Jinx is. Right. it's re- it's referenced in um Ringworld and another thing interesting thing we might want to do Ringworld one of these years but uh Ringworld is kind of the opposite of uh Mesclin.
1: in terms of oh just the way it's
6: the way it's it's laid out and you with Ringworld you'd have this enormous world the, that's I I don't know how much like well we'd have to get into Ringworld later,
1: <laughs> and we may do that. That's something that has always been. I've always heard good things about Ringworld, so it's been yeah. one of those things that I've thought maybe someday. Yeah. Uh,
6: Jinx Jinx is a planet which is a moon of a gas giant, stretched by tidal forces forces into an egg shape, with surface gravity uh, at the equator near the limits of human tolerance. Guess what? Uh, Niven almost definitely modeled that on Meslin.
1: I I do know, um, and I must admit, I had not been familiar with uh, the author Hal Clement uh, before you referred this to us. So I was uh, so I did some research though, and I you know I was uh, surprised and and to to find out that he's like you're right. He is like a he is a a pioneer when it comes to science fiction uh, specifically with hard science fiction but you know um i i saw you know as far as the awards he's gotten and the acclaim and the uh, the 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 folks that point to him as an influence i mean uh you know it, it doesn't get i mean he's like if there was a hall of fame for science fiction like he would be one of the first guys in right like like him and Asimov, and and that would just get right on in. Um, yeah,
6: yeah he, Clement, Asimov, Heinlein, uh, Clark.
1: Yes, right. All so, those guys. and I've you know it's weird because I've read Clark, and Clark is a little, a little hard science fiction. Not as much as this, obviously, but he like I felt like sometimes that that was a little bit hard, but not nothing compared to this. Mm-hmm. So one
6: thing we have not discussed is the plot such
1: that there is right so as far as as far as yes so the uh now i didn't really the the like the deal that they make right is that uh and this is amazing to me too that this alien race is just like yeah we'll get it for you i mean obviously they're in it because they want to explore a new section and 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 get some profit out of it because uh Lennon is a is a uh, businessman uh, with his little crew of do we, I had a hard time picturing what the ship looked like too. I kept thinking it's, it was like a sailor ship, but it's really more like a raft, right? It,
6: it's a, a collection of rafts that are bound together that they can untie them and put them in a long string. Uh, I'm not sure how many rafts there are I, in my mind. I picture that there may be 50. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which, on a planet where the oceans are methane, is it I yeah. believe
1: yep
6: uh, it makes sense, and they they had an entire section about the problems of using hollow boats as you get into situations of higher gravity, because they ran across a the the forest dwellers had developed boats like we know and uh and manages to acquire one and thinks oh this is great I'll take this back to my people and <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope yeah he yeah he's 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 a lover of that canoe but nope, it's it doesn't work out for him really right all um so what uh what specifically uh, about the plot did you want to um talk about no, well
6: the, the we haven't really discussed the fact that basically uh, the humans have come to this planet. They sent down a gravity probe that is to study the gravity. Yep. And unfortunately it broke down and couldn't, the gravity was so much that it could not take back off. The humans want the data from it. I guess they hadn't thought of radioing the data back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that's, uh, That's a, that's a big plot point <laughs> now. We're like, why can't they just download it? I don't understand.
6: Exactly. <laughs> uh, but they, the leader of the expedition, uh, I forget his name. What, Charles? Makes reference, no, not Charles. Oh, no, boss, no, no.
1: I, I know what you're But yeah. It, uh, uh, makes R, reference
6: many, many times that this probe is, and its data is worth billions of dollars. I think they make one reference that uh, they might be able to use this gravity information to actually make it easier to, for humans to function on a high gravity planet. Uh, so they send Charles down to the rim, to the equator and he runs across the mesclunites and makes a deal because fortunately, Barlinen is the right person at the right place <laughs> to go and uh, get to the gravity probe, and I guess well, in the end, we find out that they just point the their their radio at all the instruments to get the readings <laughs> to provide the data back to the humans, and in the meantime. get there with i i always thought it was about i'm not sure where you got eight years
1: no no i just said that as a
6: okay i i i get the impression that the whole book is maybe nine months from beginning to end
1: on an on for earth days
6: for earth days right for like
1: mescaline days i mean i think it's years
6: yes yeah that's that's what i meant
1: like like they, they like, you know, the, it just. Oh, no, the no, it's
6: less than one, less than one mescaline year because they start out in winter. And, well,
1: their years are longer though, because yeah. there are days, well, there are times when it says like, you know, and just Clement just casually says, you know, like the, 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 the crew of the Brie went down the, the, uh, the ocean or did you know, the ocean of methane and they didn't see land for 300 days. And I'm like what (laughs) oh
6: no no that's because a mescaline day is 17.75 of our minutes
1: long see that's what i was asking like i don't remember them saying like i i don't i must have missed that because i'm like i need a conversion here and it seemed like it seemed like where they were on the planet the days either got longer or shorter and i think the other thing that's confusing to me too is that they're they're Like, like, it's not confusing enough, but Clement has to give them another sun. So there are two suns uh, that are, right?
6: Two suns and uh, two moons.
1: Yeah, two suns. So, and yet, there's two suns, and yet it's not Tatooine, right? It's two suns, and yet it's a cold planet. I'm like, wow.
6: And one of the suns is so far away, it's not really providing enough light.
1: Right, right. The
6: Mesclin days are from their brighter sun. Which uh, they rotate around it set every 17. I mean the the planet masculine itself turns on its axis every 17.75 of our minutes.
1: Yeah, I like though when when Charles tries to tell Barlennon about the two suns, Bar, Barlinden doesn't he he doesn't conceive of what that means. He just he can't like he doesn't see that that way. So oh,
6: and um, the other thing that. Is very important is that the mesconites, the, the, at least these particular mesconites, are from a higher gravity zone, more close to the uh, pole. And they basically are afraid of anything being above them.
1: Or, because, or gravity. because that on where they are, like the gravity is so heavy, they the concept of like throwing something or like something like or jumping is just completely alien to them like they they have like when <laughs> right in the beginning of the one of the first chapters where charles picks up marlin and like throws him on top of the uh uh the 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 craft he has the little um like the tank thing yeah. um like yeah and like freaks out he's like ah Not just because a big creature scooped you up and put you somewhere, but because to his race, like being not on the to get connected to the planet is completely alien and freaky to them.
6: But Barlin ends up loving it.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, like, yeah, being like afraid to fly and yet then flying go. This is really cool. Yeah. And there's a little bit of the flying thing too in there too. So Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, like I said, uh, at the beginning when we did the spoiler, uh, non-spoiler stuff, I do think it's really like kind of a, like if you're, if you want to dip your toe into hard science fiction, um, this is a really good place to like go. And and I I think it's like, it's really interesting. It's not, I mean, it's heavy, but it's not, um, impossible um, to 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 sift through. It's not, and there are characters, and there are kind of interesting settings and conflicts that make it that that pulled me through.
6: Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah, was basically basically the idea is for it's it's a it's a it's just a voyage. It's it's an odyssey.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. it's a trip no no no, it really is like i mean if if it's like reading like you're right it's like reading homer's odyssey but with weird gravity and you know 15 inch long aliens (laughs) so um and a lot of science you know a lot of science so uh, for those people who you know if if uh like the poetic romantic license and language of like homer doesn't do it for you then maybe mission of gravity with its science and uh speak will will do it for you because that's that's what that's what the language is here so um well very cool well i do want to uh, sort of uh wrap it up and mike i want to ask you um a what like what's your final verdict on this book and would you read any more of the books like this
2: I would definitely read more books like this. I had mentioned it, you know, a couple of days ago. I wasn't getting into it at first. I really wasn't. And I was trying. And then I got into a rhythm with it and it moved a lot quicker once I got to that point. But it, for me, I, it was hard to catch my interest at first. I, you know, I would definitely read more by this author, or more true classic science fiction which i include this in. So, yeah, i definitely would recommend. Do you think
1: that's like i said, do you think that's because i think one of the things that i mean i get why you did it, but um like Clement doesn't doesn't start out by just telling you what the aliens or the world or anything like that looks like. Instead, you have to learn a little bit by chapter by chapter so by no, the time exactly. you're like, oh, now i have a complete picture of it. So now it makes
2: well, exactly. And that's why I was saying when we were talking earlier about how it had the 80s video game, feel that you were world building, that it was you who was going to this planet that you didn't know anything about. And you were discovering more and more and the picture was becoming more and more full as you kept on reading yeah. the book.
1: Um, there are there are some other books. My understanding is there are some more books by Clement uh reg- that take place on Mesclin, is that right yes Kirby?
6: yes and i have not read them
1: oh I'm really wait a, minute. To... wait a minute wait a minute you've read this 10 times and you've never read like the sequel correct Wh- why that seems weird to me uh you just are you like have you heard bad things about it or no. do you just know no i I just
6: for a long time i didn't know about the sequel. okay gotcha uh... And I now own the sequels because I I bought this thing a few days ago as a collection of all of the Mescal novels. And I plan to continue.
1: Oh, cool. Well, yeah, I I'm curious to hear what those might be about because it seems like in some ways this might be the, like an origin story. Like, like I would imagine going back to this planet after like a few decades, especially decades for us, which would be like centuries for them. (laughs) Like I would imagine, like little cities, and like it, like it, the technology, especially with the with the humans kind of helping them out, like they would be much more advanced, right?
6: Yeah. Now I'm reading the. I've got the Wikipedia article in front of me about the the sequel, and uh, it's taking place on a different planet. Oh, so, really? Interesting. I don't know hmm. what's going. On. It's another gravity thing. So I'm I'm. Expecting oh, but it has mesclinites in it.
1: So maybe they, carrying, maybe maybe they are they maybe they go out and venture into space.
6: Yeah, it says uh starlight is set several decades after the events of the mission of gravity. It takes place mostly on the supergiant planet Drawn, uh, which some suspect of being a failed star. A consortium of spacefaring races, including humans, recruits mesclinites uh to explore Drawn.
1: Okay. No, well, that's kind uh, of, of, of
6: my, And Barlinen and, and Dun Dragmer are main characters. Cool.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. See, there you go. Only take you. <laughs> only took you fifty years. <laughs> oh, forty. All right. So um, forty. <laughs> well, I'll I'll go ahead and say that uh, I I really enjoyed. Uh, getting to read this. And and even though I was out of my comfort zone for a lot of it, I felt that that was, uh, that's one of the reasons why I like doing uh, the book club is because we're reading stuff that I wouldn't, you know, normally pick. And, uh, you know, and it's better, it's better than like the stuff they used to pick for us in school. So uh, way back in the day. So, um, so yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I don't know, to be honest with you, if I'm going to continue, like I would, I've got so much else that I think that uh, would probably take, like, I'm not a hard science fiction guy, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, I can't see myself dipping into this well terribly often, uh, but I am intrigued and I enjoyed this for what it is. So, and I, and I'm kind of glad that I was introduced to this pioneer uh, because I I do think that it was a lot of interesting things. It did it did make me think uh, a little bit more about and it challenged the way that I had kind of thought about things as well. And that's that's what science fiction should be for. So so Kirby, I'm going to give you the last word on this book since you have read it and we know that you love it. So so <laughs> so uh, so tell us about like what specifically the re like when you reread it, what do you get out of it? like is it something that like you you see something new every time or
6: well i might go 5 years between times and so it's just reacquainting myself with mescaline and getting the science back together because uh, i don't i'm not a scientist i don't have i'm not exposed to the the uh, physics of of liquid methane <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 snowy ammonia—that much. It's just uh, it's just a fascinating concept, and uh, the characters. I find the characters be really interesting, including Berlin and, and his first mate Don Dragmer. Uh, and it's just it's just a good read.
1: Yeah, I can't argue with that. It, it's so. it's,
6: it's, a, it's a good read, and um, oh, I also have some very fond memories uh, back when I used to attend the more mainstream science fiction conventions uh back when uh how Clement was still alive of having some grand conversations with him and my wife uh would be in the room and a few other friends uh just in a hotel room, uh drinks in hand, talking about everything but how Clement was fascinating to listen to.
1: Wow. That's really cool. That's really cool. So, well, very cool. Well, thanks for this selection and uh yeah. Mission of Mission of Gravity by Hal Clement. Go ahead, pick it up, read it. It's uh if it's if, it's if the gravity allows you to. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh yeah, we will um be right back, I guess, after the ESO Network Con report.
3: Wish I could fall up instead of always falling
1: down. Down, out down, down.
0: Welcome to Geek Girls Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the first half of Runaways Season 2. So, new episodes of Runaways are back, and last season left us with so many questions and so many thoughts about what was going to happen to the Runaways, what is that giant hole in the ground, how much worse could the parents get, and in the first six episodes of Season 2, we have gotten answers to some of those questions. We see Jonah and his relationship with Carolina get stronger. We also get to meet the new character with new powers, who has a very sad backstory. We also learn what is in that hole, and that it's ca- and why it's causing earthquakes. All of this within the first six episodes. So I'm excited to see what we get in the last seven of this season. We also know that Victor is still alive and stuck in a weird dreamland that Jonah has put him in so he can work on a new chamber to help Jonah get better. And I do like how we're seeing the relationships of the parents change into different dynamics as the season goes along. We're seeing them come back together as couples or have conflict as they try to find their kids. I think Alex's mom is the scariest to me. She is brutal and I would not want to mess with that lady. The funniest, yet also kind of scary, are Dale and Stacy. They have that humor, but also have the knowledge to be terrifying, yet they seem to have a conscience, which some of the other parents don't seem to have. I'm also excited to see how they've changed over the course of this season from last season. Overall, this has been a very solid second season. That has answered questions, made you feel, and has made the watcher come up with even more questions as to what they think is going to happen. Well, thanks for listening to a Geek Girls Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out.
3: Hey,
2: everyone. For the week of January 30th. This is the ESO Network Con Report.
1: Howdy, everyone. Well, we've got some uh, conventions coming up that you can find ESO Network folks at. Not a lot. We're still slowly getting into that convention season. In fact, there's none left for January. But in February, as a matter of fact, the second week of February, there are two events that are going on that you can find uh, ESO Network folks at. One of them is Gallifrey One. That is a huge Doctor Who convention in Los Angeles. Uh, It is uh, uh, hard to get into, but yet, you know, because, you know, it's the ESO Network, we do have Pull and Felicity, a.k.a. the mayor of Chickentown. Uh, From the Flopcast, she will be attending Gallifrey One, and I understand that she's going to be on some panels as well. So, uh, you know, she is the mayor. She does have pull as well. They will be rolling out the red carpet for her, I'm sure. So that uh, that is on the West Coast. That weekend, February 15th through the 17th, on the East Coast here in Atlanta, Georgia, is hale it is a tiki weekend that's going to be happening. Um, actually, it is uh, the February fifteenth and sixteenth. I'm sorry, it's not on the 17th. It's not on the Sunday. But um, this is the first time that there's been. I should say this is the first time in a long time that there's been a tiki weekend, a tiki themed. A weekend event here in atlanta um so very excited to p- be participating in that uh, i will have a table of course with uh, peter cutler the artist of tiki zombie and we will be having a lot of fun at that show so hope to see you there and then uh, the first weekend of March, March 1st through the 3rd, is MarsCon. You've heard us talk about this one before. It is in Bloomington, Minnesota. And uh, from the Flopcast, once again, uh, it is is uh, actually that show uh, is represented. But it's not the mayor this time. It is Cornflake. And the reason why this is significant is because this is where we get, yes, uh, water aerobics. Cornflake is going to bring her aerobics uh, to, or her water aerobics, her aquatic aerobics, to marscon once again so it's something i'm still waiting to see the video on so hopefully somebody can youtube it and send it to me because i definitely uh want to check it out one of these years and i'm sorry i just can't get up to minnesota that this time of year it's all just winter so uh but for those people who are gonna go um have a great time at these shows and any of the other shows that you want us to maybe promote for you or uh participate in please reach out to us because we love talking about conventions
2: that's going to wrap up another episode of the air station one podcast want to thank everybody for joining us for the book review and kirby thank you so so much for your pick this month
6: you're welcome
2: anything you want to shout out about
6: well i um am normal can normally be found uh on facebook on all the doctor who uh sites uh i'm a regular on the 20 megabyte doctor who podcast that's two zero MB doctor who podcast, where we just uh, recorded our 401st episode. Uh,
2: That's cute. That's awesome. There there, there, there
6: are are not many doctor who podcasts that have gone to 400 episode range.
2: That is true. That's a credit to you
1: guys. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations.
6: yeah, it's, now we're wondering when we get to four hundred four, will people be able to see it?
2: <laughs>
6: ha, ha, ha. Ha. <laughs> so, anyway.
2: Wow! Wow! But thank you so so much, sir, and congratulations to you and Adam and the rest of the crew for making it to episode four hundred. It is a big milestone.
6: Yeah. And we that are is very, very cool. We, we are halfway through Tom Baker with our journey through all of Dr. Who too.
2: Whoa. That's awesome. Just that did. is awesome. Where are you guys at right now?
6: Uh, we just did invasion of time. Uh, and that episode, our review should be out uh, probably tomorrow or Wednesday.
2: Awesome. So probably about the same time our episode yeah. will go out. So yeah. perfect. Excellent. Definitely worth checking out folks for a show that you know talks all about doctor who and they've been doing it almost as long as we've been doing earth station one so i
6: believe so yeah
2: so Mm -hmm. it's pretty darn awesome it is definitely awesome and mr mike we made it through another one my friend we did and as always it's my pleasure anything you want to shout out about sir
1: I do. You know, at the beginning of the show, uh, we um, discussed um, uh, the, a little bit about the, the Royal Rumble this past weekend and our interest we did, in, we did. In love uh, love for uh, all things wrestling right now. But uh, I, you can hear more of me chatting about wrestling on uh, the Needless Things podcast. Uh, this week's episode, I think it's 249, uh, right before 250, so good for dave and the crew uh getting up to 250 but um yeah we talked about we did get our we did give our picks for the royal rumble but we talked about a lot of things about like what's going on with wrestling that we're excited about so it's not just about the rumble it's more about uh how we feel about wrestling and not only am i on there but uh richard yule from um the uh pwr uh spot show uh made an appearance on there uh, our good friend joe Crow uh from uh, DragonCon uh is on there as well so we just had a blast uh talking about all things wrestling so if you're if you right now I mean as we mentioned at the beginning of the show this is like the road to WrestleMania so uh I'm pumped for wrestling so if you if you are pumped for wrestling as well uh check out the things podcast
2: that is awesome and Dave always does a great show and I know wrestling is one of his loves so that's yeah. pretty darn awesome.
1: There's a reason we go there for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> There's a reason why we go to the Phantom Zone for the Royal Rumble. Because, you know, he, he's a great host.
2: Yep, he definitely is. That's is, that's pretty spectacular, actually. That is very cool. So uh, my shout-out, real quick, goes out to something else while we were watching the Royal Rumble last night. was the Screen Actors Guild awards and or they call them SAG awards in a lot of ways and I wanted to give a huge huge shout out I've talked about it multiple times on this podcast but the marvelous Mrs. Maisel actually ran the gauntlet every category it was nominated with last night it actually won and that's a feat that really hasn't been done before and Pretty amazing to see that, and also major congratulations for Black Panther for all the awards it won last night. So, this might be foreshadowing for the upcoming Academy Awards next month. So, could we be seeing Black Panther win Best Picture? Oh, wouldn't that be pretty amazing? Yeah, so I'm very, very curious to see if the old codgers at the Academy actually you know voted for a superhero movie. So, it'll be interesting and of course we will talk about it all about it here on Earth Station 1 when that happens. But before that, we will be back again next week and we are going to do a movie review next week. We are going to be looking at Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not the TV show, folks. We are looking at the movie. And you know, it's going to be great to see Christy Swenson as Buffy. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, Rucker Hauer is the vampire in it. It's just, it's just awesome. And, you know, we didn't know when that came out, what we were getting into and man, was it a ton of fun. So it's going to be great to talk all about that until then. My name is Mike Faber and we will see you here next time on your station one podcast. Peace. And we're done. Boom We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done.
3: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the T Public store